one night of moonlight with you there beside me all night doing it again and again you know i want you so bad baby 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 i get you so high when i'm around you i can touch the sky you make my temperature rise baby you're making me high Continue podcast episode 112. That's Tony Braxton's uh, You're Making Me High, everybody. Damn, I, good song. I don't know how I don't know how we missed that over seven years of making a podcast, but we did. Uh, my name is Anthony John Agnello, and uh, my, I, I'm 12 months strong of getting good. Uh, with me, as always... <laughs> Guys, I honestly think, like, was I bitten by, like, a radioactive pro gamers, like, at, at, during the pandemic, and I didn't know it. You drank a toxic... Uh, a toxic gamer Toxic fuel. can of uh, monster energy drink. No, no. It, you came into contact with irradiated gamer goo. Irradiated okay. gamer goo. Yeah. <laughs> and, and now I have gotten... Getting is it getting good? Like G I T T. I believe it's Goot. Guten. Goot. I've Gutenberged into knowing how to play games. Yeah, we'll get into that though. The person who know who who whose favorite Steve Gutenberg picture is definitely three men and a little lady, not a baby. Is Susan Arndt? Obviously, and I am the okayest gamer. The okay, yo. Uh, you know, you guys remember, this is a very old-fashioned sentence, but there was the myth about a ghost in, uh, Three Men and a Baby. Did you oh, guys yeah, hear yeah, that yeah. one? Yeah, yeah, Alright, what the, what the ghost is, is Ted Danson's character is supposed to be, like, sort of like a, a celebrity in, in the movie. He's, like, got, like, you know, he's, like, trying to be, be a pop singer and, like, all of these other things, but that plot is largely written out. <laughs> And oh. there were like cardboard standees of the dancing, and one of them is in the background behind a curtain. They just didn't move it off the set, and it does look pretty ghostly. So okay. there you go, forty-year-old okay. myth busted. Continue podcast listeners. Uh, we also have the ye old times staff Roberts, Dave Roberts, the PC gamer apparently, because that's <laughs> that's just what I am now. That's I've, who you I've are. Fully transformed. Into the guy. Uh, okay, you ever do that thing where like you mentally fixate on the thing that isn't out yet, and it mm-hmm. just consumes like all of your waking thoughts, and like <laughs> nothing else will satisfy you until you get the thing. That's me in the Steam Deck right now. Uh, oh, Q- Q2 is oh, yeah, very okay, far away. Right. It's not. It's like two weeks away, the start of it, but it also goes until June, and I don't know when that thing is coming. When it's mm-hmm, coming. Yeah. I'm gonna I got, put. I got news. I'm going it's to not play in Q2. <laughs> I'm gonna play so much Dragon Guard Three on that thing. Oh, 60 frames per second. Yeah, Dragon P. Yeah, Dragon uh, well, P for days. Apparently, it gets 30 frames a second on the PlayStation Three emulator, which is apparently better than it ran on original PS3. Susan and I streamed Gr- Dragon Guard Three the week it came out, and if it was this running is the it, Dragon P game. It's the Dragon right. P game. If it yep. runs at 10 frames per second, I'll eat a hat. It's it's like a slideshow. <laughs> no, it's, it's apparently like it, it runs very well 
on a uh, handheld PC. But it's still not gonna be good. <laughs> like, spoiler. Uh, <laughs> spoiler, it's not great. I actually, I will say, there, there, there were not many times where we received things from a publisher where they were like, here's something, do a giveaway. And I was almost like, I'm gonna not be the ethical journalist and I'm just gonna be like this one it was lost in the mail no one claimed it it stayed lost oh, forever oh they never answered the response oops <laughs> they needed to give us their their address and they didn't do it and but so... they, they sent us a $400 Japanese only they only made like 500 of them Drankigard 3 box set limited edition thing with like art books and stuff yeah you 100% should have kept that bro I should have just fucking kept it like yeah. just, no one would have noticed no one would have cared fun. no yeah. one would have cared I, but I was like I gotta get rid of it all um that was like dumb. A dumb dumb it was dumb yeah. dumb. Was dumb uh what is not dumb is all the things that we've been doing with our time I'm lying most of it's dumb yeah uh we are going to talk uh I <laughs> if if there's <laughs> If there's a if there's a theme to today's multiple topics, I guess it's length and size. Okay. Hey! I'm, d- I'm done. Come on, come on. I <sighs> felt good. Podcast I, is over now. We I can't do about it. <laughs> I I thought of that joke earlier today, and I'm glad I remembered it. <laughs> uh, so to write this one down. I'm gonna write. I'm gonna save this for later. Put it in a little. Save. Don't mind if I do. <laughs> oh God, I need better self-esteem. Oh, <laughs> oh my God, listen, you're triggering the lingering COVID. Uh, yes. All right. So I played bass for the lingering COVID. Anyway. <laughs> Is that before they went New Wave? It's like, it's it's still the post-punk period? Uh, It was before they got signed to, like, Electra Records, and they hadn't sold out yet, so... (laughs) Then they got rid of me, and then they got a new bassist, and it was all just, like, that's... They did the... the, I don't know, they all cut their hair, you know. It's just just not the same. So, uh, all right. Length, length, and size. Uh, oh, Jesus. We we don't have. Uh, eventually, Dave is going to talk about a new game that he's been playing. I have a little bit of a new game that I've been playing. Elden Ring's not. Three, it's been out for a couple weeks. Now. Yeah, it's been so, out for a couple weeks. All, all three of us have been playing the video games that we were playing last time you heard from us. Uh, Dave and I have continued playing Elden Ring. I have mercifully completed it. Uh, completed it moments before I wouldn't have been able to complete it by the way. What do you mean? So, last <laughs> night I beat the game. Yeah. And which which is hilarious. A little bit of a spoiler. It's like not a huge thing, but if you want to not know anything about the final boss fight, plug your ears. But when you when you beat a boss in Elden Ring, it says enemy killed. Okay. Uh, across the screen. And then if you kill like one of the super secret optional bosses, it'll be like mm-hmm. legend killed. Oh, all right. And then when you beat the final boss in the same giant font, it comes up on screen. God killed. 
Oh, God. And that is, like, it's, <laughs> it's one of those rules. moments where I was like, these guys are fucking really funny. Like, as, like, a, like, as a moment that is supposed to all, like, simultaneously be like, badass, but also the, like, we're making fun of all RPGs forever. Yeah, and, and ourselves. Yeah. And ourselves. It was, like, I, I, I laughed really hard. Uh, but so, I beat it. Mm-hmm. Because as I talked about on the the episode last time, I got a magic sword that just has lasers coming out of it. Okay. And I, I used it all the way until the end. And I also found at an, at one point later on, I did this whole side quest. One of the things you get for doing that side quest is a ghost summon that is just another you. Oh, so, neat. Okay. Yeah, like, you, you could summon it, and it's like, motherfucker, now there's two of me with laser mm-hmm. swords. Deal with it. And if I had not had a second me and this sword, there's no fucking way I would have been able to beat these bosses in the last third of this game. Because it's right. just insane. Okay. I beat it. I texted you and Dave. Yeah. An hour later, they pushed an update live that nerfed both of those things. Oh, no! In single-player games. Not even, like, when you're playing online. Like, you're not allowed to have fun the way you were having fun anymore. (laughs) So, like that. I got in under the wire. Good for you. That's awesome. Right? You know, and it's like, well, fine. You can release DLC, but you better give me my superpowers back. That's pretty shitty, right? Like, I mean, it's a single-player game. Why would you do that? So the, the, the explanation with changing <clears throat> weapons is there can be PvP. A whole part of playing these games is if you are connected to the internet... Some goondocks can like invade your game and Goondock Saints. Yeah, the, the yeah. Goondock Saints. Yeah. <laughs> the the awesome sequel to both Boondock Saints and the Goonies. Yes. Wherein Chunk has to kill the Boondock Saints. <laughs> uh yeah, and like like, you know, Willem Dafoe comes out and he's like, Hey you guys. It's amazing. <laughs> um so, like, the justification of nerfing weapons has been in the past, oh, now you won't have an unfair advantage uh, when dealing with other players. But they nerfed this for single player. Like, you're just playing it by yourself. That's not they, but the cool. Th- like, it's, it's weird, too, because, like, they nerfed a lot of stuff. They nerfed the Radon boss fight to make it easier to beat him. Because apparently... Uh. Too many people didn't realize that that boss fight is a gimmick boss fight. There's a thing that you have to do to beat him that isn't just run up to guy and hit with sword until dead. Wait, there is? There's a I mean, gimmick to that? Because I just killed him the old-fashioned way, and it took me like three hours. Dude, there are like glowing spots all over the place where you can oh, summon. Oh, no, I did that. I okay, did that. Yeah. I summoned. He's still like, that's, fucking ridiculously like, that's, hard. Like, you, you have to hit him still, but like they aggro him like they're all like you're summoning people oh, to fight with you but no it's, too many yeah. people just tried to like go up and fight him and couldn't beat him so they made oh, it easier oh my god come on susan did they did they nerf uh horizon forbidden west to make the side quests and menus not bullshit no no <laughs> <laughs> what's amazing no. is they just released a patch for it to fix a bunch of like genuinely broken things mm. and i'm going through the list and i'm like wow this is a whole other selection of broken things that are none of the broken things that i've encountered <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. 
<laughs> These were the brokener things that we fixed. Yeah. Like, the, like I, I, it is a testament to the world that they have created that I, I think I'm 75 hours into that game. Oh, my God. Yeah. And I'm going to finish it because I want to know how it ends. Sure. But the whole time I'm like, fuck you. Fuck you with this fucking fight. <sighs> Now, fucking whore. Yeah, but I'm like yelling it. I would like to apologize personally <laughs> to Ashley Birch because I say very nasty things to your character, <laughs> my dear. Very nasty, and you don't deserve that. <laughs> that's but this that's that's a that's a very good place to start because if you have 75 hours on your clock yep. in in Horizon Forbidden West. I, when I finished, uh, <clears throat> when I finished all of Elden Ring, my my game clock said fifty seven hours fifty eight uh, fifty seven hours fifty eight minutes. Okay, and that's probably like I you can tack a couple of hours on top of that of just like you know that's what the game clock says. But there's me sitting in front of loading screens and oh. You know, we can round it up to 60 total. Okay. Yeah. I didn't do everything. I completed the map. I uh, decided not to do the last couple of, like, really hard optional bosses, because I'm... I, I, you know when you feel the worm starting to turn on a game you spent a lot of time in? Where it's like you've had one too many slices of pizza, and you 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 know if you have one more bite, you're gonna hate pizza forever. Yeah. Like I don't want to hate this game. I have adored it, and I followed of like the big optional quests. I did one of them that was genuinely one of the most awe-inspiring. This is so cool things I've ever done in a game. Mm-hmm. And after that, like going down the critical path was like that's adorable you you <laughs> big bearded men with your lion arms like the, the cute yeah <laughs> but, yeah yeah uh i already did the thing but you know I, I didn't do everything but i got 60 hours is more game than i have played of a single game in quite some time mm-hmm. i i and the three of us were texting about this i think that the last time I put that kind of clock into a game, it was probably Persona 5. And that was, I mean, I think 110 hours. Yeah. Something crazy. Like 95, 100 hours. Easy. Yeah. yeah. Easy. Yeah. Yeah. And that's like for the sake of Persona. That's yeah. <laughs> like I'm here for the gorgeousness. That's that's why I'm I'm seeing through those final dungeons. But it, it was interesting getting to that place because I kept thinking about your experience with Horizon, Susan, and you you were putting in all this time to this game like in spite of how much it was irritating the shit out of you. Yes. Because you just wanted the story. Yeah. And I can imagine another world where all this bullshit is sloughed off of Horizon Forbidden West and you get a much more satisfying experience because it just allows you to sort of engage with the world and that narrative in a more freeform way. Mm -hmm. And I have ranted to you guys time and time again, like games need to be shorter. They need to be more focused. They need to be Elden Ring was just right. I wouldn't, even though I had that too full feeling and there was more there, I got 
exactly the experience I wanted. And Dave, you've been having this experience too, where it just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger, and you don't find yourself bristling against that at all. You're you're <clears throat> satisfied. So yeah. I it would well. Be, I, I, yeah, go ahead, please. No, just like it, it is like, like I've I've talked about this in our like in our Discord and on Twitter and stuff, but like I'm like the moment, and this happened with Resident Evil as well. Like the moment where I finally got what these games are about was the moment when I realized how funny it is. Mm. And for me, every time this game gets bigger is like a punchline in a game that is just constantly <laughs> giving you because like you'll think like oh this this is as big as the map is gonna get right this is this is it and then you enter like you enter like a corridor and then it like this like very small it feels like very constrictive and very claustrophobic and then you wind your way through it and then you make your way out and then there's just this giant castle full of multiple pathways to explore <laughs> and it like your map just like opens up again and you're like you motherfucker you keep getting bigger but there's never been a moment where like I'm I'm I've I'm like 35 hours in right now and I'm I'm still just like because there's just so much to see. Like, it's never mm-hmm. like, okay, so now you're in the new region and there's another set of, like, six fit camps to take out with a different... Like, these bosses are, like, they're, these enemies are kind of the same, but they're a little different. These guys have spears instead of swords. you got to fight the spear guys now. The spear guys. <laughs> you have to dodge them a little differently than the sword guys. And then the camps are, like, they're a little bigger. The guys are harder. Like, it's not like that. It's like you, you get to a spot and it's like now you're in... Like yeah, like like that part when you get teleported by the treasure chest. Like now you're in hell, you're right. <laughs> and everything looks different and weird and fucked up. Then you get to another spot and it's like a swamp area and there's like mm. a a giant cave or like a giant like ridge. But then there's like a path that gets, carves under the ridge with this whole other area that you could completely miss if you don't go there. It's just it's I don't know. It's really cool. So it like I you know I don't necessarily think that novelty always needs to be what dictates you know size. I I don't necessarily think that just because you like you know you have new things all the time that that's necessarily going to make a long game that is enormous good. You know Susan are you are you now that you're sort of heading towards the I assume you're heading towards the end game yes horizon like you're getting there right yes yes is it still throwing new things at you or is it still like no go into the water no go into um it 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 threw one last big uh thing at you what the one thing that horizon does which is frustrating but i totally understand why they did it is it locks certain abilities behind story Mm. So, because it wants you to engage with the story, and the story is, in fact, very good. So, like, I get it. But you will... But then, because it's fucking Horizon, (laughs) you get a quest at one point pretty... Like, midway through the game. Uh, You're talking to some warriors, and a, a bird machine picked up one of their friends, flew her to the top of a cliff... And she hasn't been heard from since. And and you're like, okay, well, why don't I go climb up and see how she's if she's okay? And it's like you can't. It's too high. 
And indeed, if you go check it out, you'll you'll discover, no, you can't climb up there. You're going to have to find a way to fly. 30 hours later, <laughs> you will you will discover a, a way to fly. Um, and, and that's the last big thing. But, and this is the other thing. This is the other fucking thing. This So yeah, it does that. But then, so you gain the ability to take control of this one specific type of bird machine. And now you can fly places. And if you fly out over the water and you fly low enough, when the bird flaps its wings, the tips of the wings will splash in the waves. And you'll hear the little... As you go, and I'm like, motherfucker, why are you guys so good at this, but also so bad at it? Yeah, I, like, and that's, I don't, I don't, I, I wonder what happens in the development process. Yeah, that allow, like, that that, because they have, they know, right? They they know how satisfying that is. Yeah, yeah, like, clearly they know, like, they put in. The the uh, dozens upon dozens of man hours to get that audio that foley effect of the bird's wings gracing the surface of the water and the animation just right so that you get that you know procedural physics spray they know how satisfying that is I I the compulsion to bulk up a game with just shit. Which is shit. To keep you away from that is a baffling choice to me. That's, and and that's really the frustration. And and I keep going back to if I wanted to play Monster Hunter, I would play Monster Hunter, but that's legit what it is. It's not just, we're going to give you, because like in the the last game, Thunderjaws, they're they're T Rexes. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. the Thunderjaw was you really had to be strategic in how you hunted one of these things or it was going to squash you like a tiny bug and now in this game it's like oh thunder jaws are kind of big so (laughs) you know and then there's it's it's not even the point anymore because it's like we're going to throw eight different things at you and make it not fun so yeah I, I don't something it is all clearly done with intent mm I don't understand how those two, how a game that is so confident and so thoughtful in in ways both big and small, then makes these banal choices to just throw all this crap at you. I don't get it. I I, I wonder what the next ten years of AAA games are going to end up being like in the wake of Elden Ring's success. Yeah, because you you look at the you know the last time we got together we were talking about that period when Guerrilla Games and From Software really sort of came to international prominence and the games that were really popular at the time and I can see how on a timeline you get to that bloat in Horizon I can see that that you you look at you can trace that line from. Assassin's Creed and Red Dead Redemption and, you know, Far Cry 3 and all of these successes on the road to mm. this. And you're like, well, I better put in, and even and Monster Hunter, I better put in all this crap. Because that's how, that's that's the recipe for success. Yeah. Whereas Elden Ring, like Elden Ring, by, by leaving you to discover things, I now that I've finished the game... 
you can see how there are these, you know, sort of models from classic open world design. You find caves and dungeons. And when you go into these caves and dungeons throughout the game, those are similar. Like, if you go into, like, a tomb, mm. it is going to be aesthetically similar to the last tomb you were in. The mm. layout is going to be entirely different. The enemies are going to probably be familiar, but, like, that's an RPG thing. Like, there are fucking skeletons in here. Deal with it. <laughs> uh, but, <clears throat> you know, every single time there is something about it that is not going to be like, we have cut and paste this challenge and we've changed the, the you know, the extremity of that challenge. Spider-Man, now you have to go to the other Kingpin yeah. gang in this yeah. building. And this time there are too many snipers. It's never like that. Well, There's always consideration for specificity. And I think it's also how you get there in the first place that helps too. Yes. Because there's not like a person who's like in a village going like, Oh, my friend is it trapped in a in a in a well. Can you go to the well and find it? And it's like, well, the well is the same as all the other wells, or whatever. It's it's more like, mm-hmm. oh, I you know, I I noticed that this path goes around this cliff, and then there are these enemies that you can fight or just run past, whatever, toward the end of the cliff, and you're like, well, I like what's at the end of this ridge mm-hmm. and then you get there and there's a door and you open the door and there's a dungeon to explore like it, it feels like like it, like it, and it feels so trite to say this especially about like fucking from games because people talk about these games that like with just like a few surprise and like it does it sounds like people are like like there's the, the it's like you either get it or you, or you don't and it's I don't know. Like it's it's weird to hear people talk about it, even though I'm talking about it the same way other people talk about how these games are. But it's just like yeah, like it feels like it is put there with a purpose as a as a way f- to get you to explore and experience the wonder of adventure, rather than we have to have a game that has fifty tombs in it. Yes. Right. Yes. Right. Right. And the rewards that you get, you know, Susan, you were talking about last time, you were like, what do you what do you get besides like punished for being like, oh, now I've been transported to hell and I can't possibly be, succeed in this setting based on what I have? Like, what are the rewards in that situation? Some of the rewards are they they take that sort of environmental artistry experience of what you were experiencing with the the bird and the water and horizon mm-hmm. and takes it to such an extreme degree that you can't believe that they took the development time it would be required to make something so hyper-specific that, mm. in all likelihood, will never be encountered by 70% of your players? Yeah. Like, I... So, I, I got to a, a place where I was trying to explore underground. And... At one point, <laughs> so there's there's the boss that uh, Dave was talking about that they like made a little bit easier, okay, uh, in the latest update. So I I fought that guy and he's like Radon the Star Scourge blah 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 blah. Uh, <clears throat> you this motherfucker should be painted on the side of a conversion van uh, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> but, but the entire idea is you fight this boss and throughout the entire fight. They're like, Radon, cursed to hold up the stars in the sky. And you think it's just nonsense fantasy uh, purple prose. 
And then I killed him. And the stars started falling from the sky because he was literally That's holding them up. Awesome. <laughs> right. That is so great. It's fucking great. And the star cascades into the ground. And I met this witch hours and hours and hours ago who was like, Would you like to enter my service? And I was like, Yeah, your hat's awesome. <clears throat> and then she's like, You got you four arms. <laughs> you got four arms, miss. And she says, you felled Radon. Find your way into the city beneath the earth where the stars fell. And then I was like, wait, what? And it turned out I could go to on the map where the star actually impacted the continent. And there's like debris and rocks in orbit in the sky because they've been kicked up. And then I had to like find a way to platform into a crater and descend into a Dante-esque underworld. And just hours and hours and hours of just following the breadcrumb trail through this. And at the end of it was this horrific boss fight at the edge of a city that was like with some lake underground, but there were stars in the sky. And I finished it and I was like, there's nowhere else to walk. And I walked to the end of the pond and then there's just a stone box and it says, you have found the coffin. Would you like to get into it? <laughs> and I'm like, uh, yes. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> and there, like, again, this is a, this is just an aesthetic thing. It's no different than the, the, the bird's wings touching the water. But I choose to get into it, and all of a sudden it switches. It's no longer real. Like, it goes into, like, a cinematic mode. And I get in, there's my character in all his glory pulling a stone coffin lid over himself. And then the coffin just starts rising into the sky, just raising up. And when the screen comes back from going to black, I'm in another underground forest with a waterfall in the distance. Specificity for days, just over and over and over again. All of this is optional. You never had to encounter any of this. And this game sold 12 million copies in two weeks. Yeah, I, I saw something like Dark Souls 3 sold 12 million copies. Lifetime. It took, it took four <laughs> years. years to do it. Right. Like, yeah. How, how does a world look at this and say, I, we, can't, we, can't co we can't do what we did with a Horizon or... An Assassin's Creed or a Ghosts of Tsushima. Like, the expectation is going to be... Boy, talk so about a, a game that came and went, woo! Right? Yeah. You know, like, who, like, that game's, what, $5 now? <laughs> like, <laughs> Ghosts of Tsushima. Nobody cares. Make another Infamous, guys. I'm sure it'll go well. Uh, uh, now, there's a series that could use a, a nice reboot. Yeah. Yeah, but, like... Infamous if was fun. Yeah, especially that PS4 one, the one in Seattle, where like yeah, 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 yeah. But the thing is, see the the fun, like not to say that like Sony games aren't fun, but the like the funness of Infamous sort of goes against the whole like Ghost of Tsushima. We're making prestige art, motherfuckers. You're gonna, we're gonna make you cry now. Yeah, yeah. I think, and like, I just think that there needs to be a willingness from developers to trust their players more. 
I don't think it's developers. I don't think it's oh, developers. obviously not. Well, no, it's developers. developers. It's, yeah, yeah. Uh, publishers and investors and platform yeah. holders need to trust their developers and their audience more. Yeah. Because I, I, I don't think you can't. Because Susan, your your feelings about Horizon are not. You're not alone in the woods on that one. No. Like that's reflected broadly. Like every. Everyone I see in the Continue discard in in the, in, in the discard in That's the discard on on you know gamer Twitter on oh god forums. we're doing that on St Patrick's Day I'm yep. so sorry <laughs> oh yeah we're <laughs> yeah we're recording uh, on a on we a hope Thursday. you woke up and you had we're green recording pancakes. on St Patrick's Day <laughs> doing terrible accents uh you know honestly what what. Elden Ring reminds me of, or in, in an artistic sense, is the Batman. Mm, interesting. From a trusting your audience perspective, the Batman, there are so many sections of that movie where you have, if you are paying attention as an engaged viewer, you will have no problem understanding what's happening, what the implication of things is, what's going on. But the movie does not do that thing movies do where it makes there's dialogue inserted to make mm. sure you get it. <laughs> okay, get it? You see, he's upset because of this. Right? It's, you know, the equivalent of playing sad music to, to let people know they're supposed to be sad. And and it, it, I feel like Elden Ring does the exact same thing. Like, okay, we are going to trust that you are engaged and intelligent and want to be here. Yeah. And therefore, we are going to lay out a, a confident experience for you, which you will either enjoy or not. That is, you know, up to the individual. But if there's a confidence to do things without saying, like, okay, now we got to make sure everybody understands. Yeah. But, you know, mm-hmm. right? Well, mm-hmm. So I was listening to the the Giant Bombcast earlier today, and they were actually getting into like some of the achievement stats on Steam for um, for Elden Ring, and I just oh. want to bring this up because it, it it goes to that point of like trusting your audience and knowing that that they're how what is the percent so the first boss is margaret the fell omen he's like the first real like roadblock that you hit in this game where you it's to, like you have do, to fart god are you there it's me margaret the omen yeah yeah margaret the <laughs> you have to you, he's like the yeah like the first like big like souls boss of the game where it's like you have to beat him if you want i mean you, there's a way around him if you can find it but like this is the part where like the game is leading you here and if you can't beat him, you got to figure out a way to get either around him or level up and then fight him. What do you think the current percentage of players is who have beaten this boss right now on Steam? I already know the answer to yeah, this. Yeah, I already I saw, know the answer. Oh, okay. the yeah, we saw, oh, you, you saw, yeah. saw the okay. discard. For those of you at home listening, the answer is like 71%. Which is which bananas. sounds it is. fucking crazy. Because that yeah. boss is not easy. He really no. is. Like, it's the moment where that game is like, you, you, gotta, you gotta do this. And the fact that so many people have beaten that boss... Like you know, the the achievement numbers go down as, of course, like sure. not, not a ton you of get people. get into a game, yeah. The fewer but people you have, yeah. Like, just I feel like, yeah. Like once you get to that point, it's like, yeah, you can this you you got it. Like you can mm-hmm. play this game now, and like that they were able to do that 
to trust that the, the Bandai Namco again it's because the series has been out and selling well enough long enough that Bandai Namco is like yeah you guys do do what you do right but the question is is does that does that success turn into a, a sustained trust in players and developers to make those decisions or does it turn into you know a mill of trying to crank out imitators yeah that that just Bing, that second one right yeah. it's the second one like how, how, how do we yeah. get in on that elden ring money i always what if yeah. we just like, had like a weird guy <laughs> you guys remember um oh my god so it's like oblivion is this huge smash hit and then skyrim is this huge like skyrim changes the world and like this skyrim game, is still printing money skyrim is still printing money like you know you could put it on anything and someone will buy it uh yep i, I went <laughs> who was it at bethesda that was just like we'll stop porting it if you stop buying it but i think it was pete was it pete <laughs> like, i think it was pete yeah it's like yeah we'll stop we'll stop when you stop yeah uh, <laughs> but you know like like skyrim hits like you know uh um, like shattering the earth, and then it's like, well, we better make kingdoms of Amalur. Let's, <laughs> and it's and it's a disaster. Or Dark Souls is a, a a runaway smash hit, and then oh man, I really now I can't even remember what it was called, but it, it is something like Kingdoms of Amalur. Oh, that's Lords that's of a, the Fallen. Yes, that's oh, what it is. I sat in on a press thing at E3 for that, and it, me too. They they all take the wrong lessons from these games. They take all exactly. the wrong. Well, they, uh, like any hit creates the wrong lessons. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like it, okay, Assassin's Creed. You have this wide open landscape, and you have all of this rich lore, and you can ride a horse across the land and climb these towers. And 12, 13 years later, you get Horizon Forbidden West being like, what if we had five different errand categories? <laughs> <laughs> what if in addition to side quests, there were also to-dos? And... Like, one, to- of, one of my, 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 my favorite stories that I think exemplifies this situation beautifully. I believe you all know the uh, influential and and highly evocative musical artist, Sir Mix-a-Lot. Of course. Of, I like big butts. Acclaimed writer of Monster Mac. (laughs) Like, he writes this song, like, I like big butts and I cannot lie, you other birds can't deny, right? Huge hit, ridiculous crazy banana pants hit outlier mm-hmm. it is it's lightning in a bottle it's it's but it's got this great beat and it's got you know this awesome sample and it's fun to sing and it's just all of these individual components that come together in this very magical way the takeaway that because uh, the rep- the record company goes to him they're like we we need you to make another hit like that one right. yeah. and so the takeaway from that was okay well you talked about ass so make the next one about tits right and then and the next single was put them on the glass mm-hmm. wrong lesson wrong lesson taken away from it and and this is exactly what happens all the time it's like okay well this 
this thing was very successful, what's its most prominent identifiable feature? Mm -hmm. Because I can copy that, I can't copy the magic that made it special. And that, Which is why you've got eight categories of errands in Horizon Forbidden West. And that's the dread. That's the dread I feel playing Elden Ring, where I, I two factors. I love that, like, I love that Bandai Namco is just like cash. Take here's all the money, Bandai Namco, because maybe Bandai Namco will be like, you guys like Japanese games? Now we're gonna make more Mr. Driller. Like, <laughs> I know that's not what's gonna happen, but like, I hope it does. Here, uh, eat more Naruto games. Enjoy. No, I, that <laughs> makes me so sad. Make more freaking Katamari Damacy. Uh, come on, think about what you could do with the physics on the Xbox Series X and PlayStation Five. You make a Katamari Damacy. Anyway, anyway, anyway. The 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 lesson I I'm terrified is that we're just gonna have a decade of games being like it's a thousand hours. Look at the oh, endless I don't, I don't landscape. Think that I don't think that'll be the takeaway from it at all. I think the takeaway are going to be the two things that you can copy really easily, which is the the grim fantasy art style Ugh. and the difficulty. No. Yep. That's I what's mean, going to happen. Yeah. I will bet you a sandwich. Yikes. <laughs> I mean, at least we're going to get more single-player games with a lot of money behind them. Uh, I don't know. That's a bummer. Um, yeah. Ah, uh, Susan, 75 hours in Horizon yep. is too many. Yep. It's too it's, many. But, uh, but, the, uh, but, like, you'll do... Okay, so you'll do a quest, right? And the quests are... They matter? Like, they're... they're a lot of them are, like, really touching and heartfelt. And Because you have to understand what's going on is the world is dying mm. because of the events of the first game. And so you've you've got you run into these tribes and and lots of them are just trying to survive or they're going out to try to look for new new food resources or, or stuff like that. And and so these they they remind me a lot of the quests of Lightning Returns actually. Oh like, wow! Yeah. See, right? you say you say shit like that, and <laughs> I know that's a problem. See, see? <laughs> don't say shit and, like that. But you'll go and you'll do it, and then you'll pass through town later, and that person will be like, oh, hey, can I talk to you for a second? Your quest is done. You've gotten your reward. You're finished. But you want to know what happened, right? Of course. Like, you want to know what what happened after your dad, your dad who has Alzheimer's and thinks he's 30 years ago trying to rescue his squad mates from ambush and that's why he wanders out of the camp every night like you want to know how that guy's doing now right this is what horizon does and then it throws stupid combat at you and asks if you want to play machine strike no that's some real that whole scenario is some real lightning returns shit yep that's why didn't Lightning Return sell 12 million copies? I know. Why didn't Lightning? Yeah, I know. We know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> hey, kids, you hated Final Fantasy 13. What if we made the lead character Underpants Genius? <laughs> Underpants <laughs> Jesus. And now she's saving souls in a land where nobody dies and all the same characters are there, but they're like a billion now. <laughs> Also, there's this time loop thing happening, and <laughs> technically, it can. 
screw you over as you can lose, and also you don't actually get XP from killing anything. <laughs> you know, now... And it wastes time. <laughs> now that we're talking about Lightning Returns, Susan, that is the game that you can point to as a model for the satisfaction of learning the weird shit that Elden Rings throws at you and just doesn't bother to explain. Interesting. Because you know that moment when you finally understand that you can, like, use your saved up power to just make time last forever in Lightning yeah, Returns? Yeah, yeah. And, like, the glory you feel of, like, oh, now there's no pressure. I can do all of the side quests. Mm-hmm. That's, like, every second in. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Like, of uh, that, that sort of joy. Um, Dave, you're going to go the distance, right? You're going to do it? Oh, yeah. No, I'm yeah. in. It's, it's one, like, I. I've just been busy yeah. lately, so I haven't had a, m- a bunch of time to, like, dive into it. But, yeah, I, like at, like an hour or so a night, I've been kind of just plugging away. It's it's cool. It's, I can't remember the last time I beat a game before you that we were both playing. I, I, I don't know if that's ever happened. <laughs> <laughs> In seven years. I don't think that's ever happened. Uh, it's like... Dave being like, no, you said- because you end up going like, well, I was playing it, but then I remembered there's this game from 1994 that would never that happen. I hadn't played since last week. <laughs> so obviously, I that, busted that. Susan, out. I would never. I would. Ne- <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's never. Damn it. <laughs> hey, I'm so glad that I had I have that disc of Elden Ring for in perpetuity, like the 1.0 yep. version. Yeah. With my magic laser sword will always be on my shelf waiting for a sunny day. And here's the other thing. Uh, because I don't subscribe to PlayStation Plus, the online stuff like won't work at all. Nice. Like, if, if, like, if the game tries to be like, you're not connected to the internet, it's like, would you like to pay Sony all the money? And I'm like, no. You can no, I would not. If I feel like another free copy of Battle All-Stars. Um, anyway. So, Smash Killer. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna be playing these games for uh, quite a while to come. But Susan, you you brought another topic to the table. We're, we're it's it's more movie time for uh, continue podcast. Yep. Tell us about this. I, I the only reason I even momentarily considered watching this movie was like I was like Sebastian Stan rules ass. That's true. Uh, and I, but then, like, it, it's very weird because I was 16 when this story happened. Okay. Uh, and was, like, the perfect age to be ground zero for the impact yep. of the document in question. Yes. And I was like, I don't need to relive that. Uh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. Okay. W- which is, which is, I think, an interesting reaction in light of your reaction. To this yeah. movie. So tell me about it. Is not a, it's not a movie, it's a series. Oh, it, I thought it was a, I thought it was just a, a movie. Nope. Alright. Nope. I didn't realize it's a it was series. Like multiple part series. Yes. Uh Pam and Tommy. Mm-hmm. And it is about uh Pamela Anderson and Tommy Lee, who got married after knowing each other for about four days. And were Okay, let's just let's be honest. These are these are young, wealthy super hot people in their prime who were just very horny for each other. And if if the 
if any of the characterization is to be believed, genuinely had genuine affection for each other and and really wanted to have a family, which is so lovely. So if you do not know what happened, uh, they got married. um, And while they were at Lake Mead celebrating Pam's birthday, they had a video camera, which was still a luxury item at that time. Only only the wealthy tended to have those. And they, Tommy Lee already liked <laughs> to be naked a lot. And, uh, you know, videoed themselves doing what newlyweds do. Mm-hmm. What is remarkable now with the benefit of, of many years distance is how banal and ordinary the sex tape is oh it's the it's it's almost chaste uh, it, it's compared so to your average tiktok account yes <laughs> i mean it's it's uh, it know. is american gothic after the last 20 years of the internet <laughs> exactly yes. exactly exactly uh so anyway so they make a tape while they're on vacation they come home they stick it in a safe and not like not like a, a, a little hotel safe, like a safe, one that's like, you know, six feet tall and uh, with other valuables. A contractor that Tommy Lee stiffed for several thousand dollars because Tommy Lee was on a lot of drugs at the time, this, uh, breaks into the house, steals the safe because he's like, I am going to sell whatever is in that sucker and I'm going to get my money back, which, you know, okay. And then he realizes he has this tape. The internet is just getting started. He takes the tape to all the pornographer publishers, pornography publishers, and they're like, do you have releases from the people in this video? No, (laughs) then I'm not touching this. Are you nuts? They will sue the crap out of me. Realizes they can sell it on the internet without getting caught. And thus the dispersal of the Pam Anderson sex hardcore sex tape begins. Obviously, uh, Pam Anderson at that time is the star of Baywatch. Her star ha- is has never been brighter. She is America's sweetheart, even though she's Canadian. She is like the sex symbol of all sex symbols. This is right before Barb Wire comes out. It's right after Barb Wire. Barb Wire is ninety five. Mm, okay, well, because the tapes the tapes ninety eight. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I might be getting my I'm a horny teenager from the 90s dates. I, I believe up. so. Yeah, because they made quite a All point. Right, Barbed of, Wire 96 tape yeah. is 98. No. <laughs> is Anthony going to Wikipedia right well, now? I'm wicking, I'm wicking it right now. I gotta know. Anyway, continue, continue. Anyway, the point is, uh, nobody gives a shit that yeah. the drummer of Motley Crue is is in a sex tape, especially because he has been treated well by genetics, shall we say. Sure. Hmm. So <laughs> it's like, dude, you know, yo, wow, go you, you're screwing the, the Baywatch babe and you're hung like a monster. Woo, you're awesome. Meanwhile, she's the slut. So mm-hmm. she's out promoting this video, this this movie, Barbed Wire, and you got like smarmy Jay Leno asking about, hmm, I haven't seen the tape, of course, but how do you feel about being ex- exposed like this? Like, can you imagine this? 
Can you imagine this? This guy, she's on a chat show talking about something that was stolen from her home. And she has to like put on a happy face and, mm. and you know, be a good girl and sell this movie. Bob Guccione, who is the uh, publisher of Penthouse Magazine. Oh, they're both 96. It's both okay. 96. Okay. I just watched uh, it in 98. <laughs> there you go. Uh, he gets his hands on the video and says, I'm going to publish still photos from this. Mm, mm. Now, they, uh, Tommy Lee decides to sue to get an injunction to tell him that he cannot do that. A judge rules... That because Pam Anderson has already showed her naked body in Playboy many times, she has no grounds to prevent Bob Guccione That's from so these up. images. It's pre- yeah. it's just so astonishing. It's it is literally being like sexual assault's legal. The yes, exactly. Sexual assault's exactly. legal. Yes. And, cons- and consent doesn't matter. Like consent irrelevant because we've already seen you naked. So what does it matter? Oh my god. Yes, that oh is that god. is the argument. Okay. So, on the one hand, uh, I feel like this series is important from a historical point of view, both to show how this woman was treated, how normal that was considered. Like, at one point, and obviously this is a fictionalization, but this was also very much an argument people made at the time. The guy who stole the tape, uh, his, his love interest finds out that he's the one who stole it and put it on the internet. And she's and she's a porn actress. Oh wow. And I didn't know she's this. she's furious with him. And he's like, I don't understand why you're so mad. It's just porn. Mm. And she screams at him that it's not porn. Because obviously it's not because it's a whole different situation. They never intended anybody else to see it, right? And the fact that he doesn't get that is I mean, people didn't get that having no. lived through the scenario uh, uh, or the situation that happened at the time. Like, no, people did not understand. What they're like, well, what does she get? Like, we've already seen her naked. Who cares? Tommy Lee is naked at, in concerts all the time. Who cares? What's the difference? Right. So I really feel like, like from a historical point of view and an educational point of view, understanding the attitudes of people in 1996, which is not that long ago, and also understanding the kind of impact that the internet had mm-hmm. on culture and attitudes and all that is also extremely important. But Pam Anderson didn't want this to be made. Yeah. And like, it, it's, this is, I, it, I always get, I find the act of fictionalizing living real people to be a very, weird it's weird it's a weird choice yeah tommy lee um cooperated sebastian stan uh consulted with him oh really yep and the the uh limited series is based actually on a a a newspaper article right from the time so nothing illegal was done everything in this is either public record from tommy lee's perspective or a straight-up fictionalization because you, who knows what what Tommy and Pam said to each other over breakfast, right? Right. And there's there's your your real weird ethical territory. Yeah. Because yeah, this is a fascinating story, especially in the context of our, our current cultural moment. 
Yeah. Because, you know, uh, like there, there are, on the one hand, there, there is a growing movement to legitimize and protect uh, sex workers. You mm-hmm. know, uh, the, like the the foundation of OnlyFans is mm-hmm. this incredible step forward in combating, you know, the the tide of you know billionaire criminals like the guy who founded Pornhub that yeah. you know found literally their opportunity in the wake of this happening thirty years ago. You know, yeah. like there is no moment where the porn, like the Pornhub guy, could be like, "Yeah, I'm just gonna steal the the labor of literally millions of people <laughs> and just get rich on it, and it's fine. Nobody cares because it's fucking porn." Yep. There's now this this moment where sex workers are are able to at least control uh, the flow of income from their labor. And have at least a modicum of protections that they didn't have previously. And in light of that, you know, the the story of this seismic impact moment where sexual privacy and the internet meet, there's mm-hmm. there's value there. Yeah. But, you know, even the marketing from Hulu for this is look at the wacky romp. Look at the it's it's uh, like the the first trailers for this are comedic you know first and foremost like there's uh you know the shot in the trailer of like pam and tommy like looking at the newspaper that is yeah and and it's yeah. like oh it's um, true it's true and i you know i say that about the marketing not the tone of the the, the show itself because i haven't seen it um yeah i i don't know the the ethics of telling of choosing what story to tell and you know, it's weird. In our role as critics, the three of us always, you always wrestle with a question of intent. And mm-hmm. yep. does intent matter when assessing the work? The work should speak for itself. And I think that's bullshit. Mm-hmm. Intent always matters. Nothing exists free of the context in which it was made. And, you know, so is the Hulu show there to tell a meaningful and vital story at this cultural moment? Or is it there to just be like, here's a fun story? And no, no, and like, no, no. It no. does not think this is fun at all. Not no, yeah. this it it one hundred percent wants to show how this this woman who did nothing wrong, yeah, who she went and had sex with her husband, yeah. That's her crime. That is her crime. Guys liked looking at her naked and she had sex with her husband and it ruined her life. Yeah. And it it wants to put that rottenness on display. There is nothing cute or funny about it. And what it made me think about was one it 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 I felt bad for not having given her more respect mm. at the time because I was like she, you know, she flashes well, her boobs on on Baywatch. So why should I give a shit about her well, feelings? Well, you know, like the thing is, is you also like growing up in that time and the media of the time again, fully embracing the narrative. It's a it's yep. a hard it's a hard thing to fight uh, fight against when yep. the entire world is creating the story, and you're the one like if like you're the one person going like um. Ex- 
maybe can we do something else with it? And people go, like, what are you, yeah. why are you defending her? Like, it's, it's, yeah. it's hard to push against that narrative when yeah. everyone is pushing it. Yeah. And, like, now the modern version of it is someone hacks Jennifer Lawrence's phone, yeah. takes her intimate photos, yes. not meant for public use, mm-hmm. and posts them on the internet. And now it's, well, yeah, that was pretty uncool, but I want to see what she looks like naked. Google, Google, Google. Yeah. And it's... So has anything changed? I mean, oh, fuck, or consider the, the existence of deepfakes, where yeah. deepfakes are like, I, uh, like, what, what is, what is the line there? Like, you know, are, are, by transposing two actors' faces on people who are having sex on camera, are, are you committing sexual assault? Like, is is that what is taking place? I think what I would do with that one, honestly, I would go, like, the Al Capone, like, get him on taxes, go with fraud. Go with fraud. Yeah, fraud or also, like, again, like, needing to protect the work of sex workers. It's also theft. Like, it is, you're, yeah, you, it is. You are technically bootlegging the work of people who had performed labor and... Yeah, you're stealing work products. You're stealing work products. Yeah, yeah, I, I, man. I like, but again, you get you get back to the 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 horrible little nut at the at the center of the problem, which is she didn't want it to exist. Yeah, she just she's like, can we never talk about this ever again, please, <laughs> please? And you know, I, I get that one hundred percent. I absolutely understand what, where she's coming from. Um, she just wants to raise her kids, be a human, and not have to be reminded about this this horrible, horrible, humiliating mm. period of her life. But I feel like you can't deny there is public value in people knowing this story. Yeah, you're one hundred percent correct. And, yeah, and it's I mean, like it's any any sort of thing like this, where it's like what you know, like. Like I mean, to to bring up another popular thing that happened in that, like OJ, you know, the mm. OJ murder. Like, there's all you know, like, and not to get into like can of worms with that, but just the idea that these things happened in public, and mm. the public responded to it, and that like that in itself is a narrative as well. Like I don't know, like yeah. I just like yeah. yeah. <sighs> I don't know. Like if it's it's one of those things where it's like yeah, like like she does have the right to privacy, but also like she was she is a public figure and mm-hmm. with that yeah. comes like you are suddenly yeah. more important than other people, you know? It's I don't know. I, I don't want this to sound like an oversimplification, but I think you guys will understand the spirit in which I say it. We have all three of us talked about the fact in very different contexts, obviously that there's no such thing as an invalid story. Like you can tell a story about anything, no matter how dark or miserable or, or ludicrous or zany or, you know, sentimental. You could tell a story about anything provided the execution is good and, and, uh, informed, and noble um and you know like I, I, even when you're doing something like like <laughs> even guar like shitty ridiculous like 
you play a mean guitar, man. Too bad you have to die. Like, people in ridiculous, like, puppets and shit like that. There's a nobility in that, in the, the honesty of the artistic process. And there is... Yeah. The, the execution of this, Susan, sounds like it is at least very much uh, a heart in the right way. It doesn't even sound like it's... Um, exploitative like one of the things i hate most in the fucking world is uh law and order svu like i oh yeah i wish i could take the entire works of dick wolf and set them on fire because (laughs) it it, like it it, it's it's pornography under a different name it's yeah. like, allow us to titillate you with these seamy underbelly, but you can make sure that you can sleep well at night because you you're, this porn's about justice being served. Yeah. The bad yeah. guy is punished in this pornography. Um, you know, I, I fucking, I, I think it feels very ignoble to me. Uh, and it, this doesn't sound like it's it's trying to even titillate at all oh, with, no. with like a story of crime and betrayal. Yeah, because it could it could have easily just been like, oh, look at the sex tape. We're gonna yep. like, yeah, or like, like it sounds yeah, like it sounds like that's not even like, yeah, that's like, not even the, the the draw. Yeah, no, like you. Ugh. So the whole, not the whole reason they were having sex, but they're trying to get pregnant. <laughs> that's like they're. They're, they want kids. Like, this is really, really important to them. They want kids. And there's this... I'm going to get really upset just even thinking about this. Oh, man. So she's a couple of months along. And she miscarries. And they're on their way home from the hospital where they have just lost their baby. And the paparazzi are all over them about the sex tape. Right? And it's like, they didn't ask for any of this. Yeah. You know, they happened to be famous. And and someone happened to do this to them. And here's this incredibly private tragedy that they're experiencing. And, oh, oh what you, tell us about the sex tape. Oh, oh what are you, you're going to do another one? Oh. And it's just like, what is wrong with us as a culture where anybody enjoys reading the work of what would come from the people hounding these folks as they leave the hospital. I like, uh, yeah, it's, it's so distressing to (laughs) many, many years ago. I, uh, like stayed late at work because I just, it was just a mean, nasty day. And I sent an email to my father and said, Dad, I don't understand why everybody acts like they're in eighth grade still. It's like everybody's just gossiping about each other and squabbling about really dumb shit. And it it feels like I'm back in homeroom and uh, Liz and John Favolo have broken up again. And (laughs) it's it's all the same bullshit. And he, he wrote me back in the middle of the night. And it was just one sentence. And he goes, son, it never changes. And, mm. you know, you, you see the cruelty of uh, a toddler who is swashing yeah. ants. And that is inside of us forever in perpetuity. 
and some people just want to feed the beast and i I hate that it's true and they deny it till till they're blue in the face she showed her boobs for money ergo she deserves it oh they're 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 uh you know they're they're public figures he took his dick out on stage they deserve it they're rich they're rich they deserve it uh yeah people don't need an excuse for cruelty at all yeah they don't need it um and i don't know it's it's uh, up to us to you know hold a torch in the darkness for as long as we can at all times and that includes when we consume the stories we do you know we yeah. we quest out for uh the the ethical richness of uh, Pam and Tommy or a horizon forbidden West. We, we look for the moment where somebody bothers to tell the story where a character uh, tells you how their Alzheimer's ridden father is doing, even though you're not getting the tangible good from it anymore. Um, and that's, I do want to make it clear. This is also the show where Sebastian Stan has a conversation with a penis puppet. <laughs> that's fine I'd, I just, I'd watch that regardless of the narrative I would that's true like, yeah but he yeah. has to be dressed like Bucky like I'll be like he has to be if I'm gonna watch it I need the Bucky be really I need I need really the metal hot. arm I need the whole thing yeah. I need the yeah. I need the whole sh- to do um yeah. all right everybody it, it got awesome and it got heavy and that's the way this show fucking rolls because it's St. Patrick's Day and all the Saints discards! The Continue Podcast discard. Uh, uh, before we go, let's do a little uh, other games we've been playing lightning round. Dave Roberts, give me give me the five-minute version of Tunic. Oh my god, it's so yes. good. I'm only a couple hours in. Uh, and the, like we were talking about this like earlier about like games that um, are going to take the wrong lessons from Dark Souls and Elden Ring. This game came out, like, the the guy who made it, largely by himself, but, you know, other people involved, of course, um, came up with this idea seven years ago, a year after Dark Souls 2. That's when he started development, came out. And it's 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 got all the hallmarks of it. It's got, like, little bonfires that you rest at and it resets enemy placements and gives you your potions back. It's got, uh, like, when you die, you drop some of your, your money that you use to, like, upgrade stuff. Uh, it's got all those things. But the most important thing that it took from Dark Souls and from El- like games like Elden Ring and stuff like that is just this constant sense of like discovery and figuring stuff out and finding secrets. So it's it's an isometric game where he plays a cute little fox guy, wakes up on a beach, and uh, it's very similar to Zelda like you just you run around you there's like you walk up the pathway and then there's a cave and you go inside the cave and there's a stick inside of a treasure chest and you use that stick to hit stuff and then you start seeing paths around you where there are like bushes and things to cut down with your sword but you don't have a sword you gotta go find one uh so it's 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 very much like you're like oh, okay this is just like a like a zelda like someone so, like there these indie games are a dime a dozen like there's someone's like i'm gonna make the game like zelda like i remember this game is like what if you bought like you imported a japanese copy of zelda and you get it 
put it in your cartridge or you like you're at a store you just see this thing and it's like you don't recognize any of the language on the cart you put it in your system you can't understand a word it says except for a handful of like english words of like key phrases like health potion or like like sword this way or like hero's grave but everything else is in this like rune-like language you don't understand what's going on Hmm. as you're playing you find pages of an instruction manual to this video game that you're playing (laughs) are they explicitly like instruction like manual like you open the pause menu and it literally says instruction manual okay (laughs) and the first one that you pick up is page 10 and it is very much like of this like this uh like the old style instruction manuals from like the NES full color hand drawn sure. animations and the the first thing that you pick up is like uh it's like uh how to start and it's like it gives you uh, a thing like west bell and east bell with some uh check boxes of like important locations to visit but the hints are all in that language you can't understand <laughs> And then there are also like just a handful of controls. And then as you play, you find more items, but like you'll find like a bomb, but all of the, like what the bomb does, you don't know. It doesn't tell you it's in that language until you use it and figure it out. And as you explore, it starts to open up into different directions. You find the sword and that leads you to different paths. and. Uh, you find other items and you start kind of piecing together what you need to do to progress and as you're going you find additional pages of this instruction manual that start like uh piecing together additional things that you can do like th- like you'll get a page that shows you controls you could have always done this hmm. but you can figure out like oh if i like even though it's in this language if i look at the button that it's telling me to press and the an- like the drawing on the page i can sprint or you'll you'll get a thing that like tells you a, a, a button press that you can do. Again, you could have always done this, but with the context of the images that it gives you and the button press in this uh, instruction manual, you start to realize, oh, that stuff that I saw like like ten screens ago, I can do something with that now. It's so clever in just the way that it's like slowly getting you to like figure out what like the secrets of this game it's a game that like understands the value of putting a treasure chest behind a waterfall it's the game it's a game that like you will walk around and you'll see like oh like it look there's like a treasure chest over here there's got to be and then you'll like kind of push up against the wall and past the tree it's like oh yep there's a hidden path back here to a treasure chest so for me dude oh my god i'm like it is like it is that feeling of Elden Ring of like just a game just going like here you go a lot of trust a lot yeah. of trust figure of it trust. out and then as you figure it out as you're piecing to, but it's still it's still like it that's part of the design it's the the part of the design to like know like oh if I look at the map I start to notice there are pencil markings in here someone has written on this instruction manual and there are some things on this map in the room that I'm in with markings on the on in pencil. What if I interact with them? What does that do? It's it's really cool. Like it's scratching the same itch as Elden Ring. Uh, it's 
there are part like I've I fought like the first boss of the game, and it's the first time the game was actually like hard in the way that like mm. Dark Souls is kind of hard, where it's like you got to learn the patterns, you got to use your items, you gotta like you gotta be focused and intentful, and it's you're gonna die a couple times. But that was the only like really big difficulty spike so far. Everything else has been like, um, like tough, but not like mm. Dark Souls tough. Like it's not gonna like. You know, I'm not. Beat your I'm not ass in. It's it's way for, more chill. Yeah, I'm not in the mood for being punished more after yeah. uh, after Elden Ring. But if you want but that I, discovery, yeah, I do want that discovery quite a bit. It's on uh, right now. It's on PC, Xbox, Game Pass. Mm-hmm. I don't know what other platforms it's on. I think it might just be Xbox and like PC right now. But it, it is probably, on Game Pass. It probably runs pretty well on One X. I might I might get in there. Um. Susan, you ducked back into my favorite hell of 2021. I did. The OG I did. Hell. I I thought um I thought the Returnal DLC was out, so I fired it up before the show today uh, just to see what it even was because mm-hmm. I'm not really sure. It's not out yet, so I don't know. And as it was loading, I was like, "Wow, I haven't played this game in a hot minute. I don't." remember anything about how to do anything i'm gonna die it like the second i was out of that spaceship i was like oh yeah just right <laughs> yep right go here oh right i have this and that lets me do this and that oh yeah i got the sword and i got the grappling hook and i got the thing and i want to do yep mm-hmm yep right yeah i remember all this all right okay so have is this the first time you've played it since they patched in saving like the yes. yeah okay do you think it's easier Yes. It is easier. It is. Like, it's yeah. definitively, there is no question about this. This is, it is now a simpler, like, it's it's not nearly as as They nerfed cool. it. They, ner- they, they nerfed, nerfed the whole they game. Did. Oh, they wow. did, yeah. Because I, I fired it up uh, to, uh, I, I, I was doing some consulting for a headphone company whose product uh, has 3D audio. And mm. that's the only fancy PlayStation 5 game that I have that does the 3D audio. And I was like, ooh, I'll test it out that way. And fast forward three hours later. <laughs> I, didn't need to, I didn't need to test it that much. But it was just like, oh, I'll go, I'll go see what Frike's up to. I'll see what I'll see how he is. Um, and it's I was like, come on, Returnal. You got more teeth than this. Just yeah I, it was noticeable i didn't i didn't play that much but even so yeah it should have been much more challenging than it was yeah it was, which makes me glad i finished it when i did yeah me well i that's that's my elden ring story like i i'm very glad that i got to finish it when i could still have like insane jedi power <laughs> <laughs> Instead of them being, you you don't get to tell me how to play from software. Um, so my my quickie lightning round is the come down game that I've been playing uh, while it, it, during breaks, and now it's just what I'm going to play in the wake of Elden Ring is Triangle Strategy, the stupidest. I thought you didn't like it. So I did. Well, like I didn't like the demo. And then all, yeah. all the reviews came out, and they were like, "Stick with it," because uh, there's there's a lot m- like 
the the sort of plotting story goes like you you fall into a rhythm with it and i was like maybe that's true and so i picked it up and i well like i'll, I'll be honest this is one of those like capitalism vote with your dollars like i want there to be more strategy rpgs and i want square enix to make them so it's like uh like i got it and it's really funny like having played all this elden ring which is just like endless discovery punishing difficulty now it's like curling up with a nice book and they're like but here we are traveling to the desert kingdom and we must Oh, be yeah, uh, obedient the, in the face of the holy ones versus like, a ah. incredibly cryptic like <laughs> yeah now everyone is explicitly telling you everything that you need to know at all times yeah and i will say that the the demo was misleading you know like where it was like you know here's like three hours and only 35 minutes of it is going to be playing when I fired up the full game, they let you carry over your save. So it's like, you don't have to oh, do, cool. you don't have to do all that stuff again. And literally the moment I turned it on, it, it was like, uh, go, you can go to your encampment and hear all these like optional fights for you. To, you just fight now. If you just want to play fights, you don't have to go into the next story thing. And even the next story thing was pretty brief. And it, man, I, I like, if you miss final fantasy tactics, it's it's the only thing that's going to scratch that itch and it's very um the uh, the customization options are great you know if you if you are the type of person who's like i want to play a strategy rpg but i don't want to like pick something on the menu and then watch a little chubby guy plod across the whole landscape you could speed it all up and so it's really snappy um guys yeah the sequel to voice of cards is out <laughs> Susan's night is set. <laughs> Susan's evening I'm is so set. I'm so happy. That was fast. It's already. Yeah. I thought, didn't they just announce it? Yeah, I think well, it was like okay, back calling in it a sequel isn't fair because it's just more like they yes. really don't have anything to do with each other. Yeah, All right. but there's more voice of cards. I still haven't even played voice of cards one. I gotta play oh, for it. So you, you gotta play for I gotta, really I, do. I gotta do it. All right. Uh, it's so good. Dave Roberts, what do the people listening to this have to do? What are they responsible for? Besides this. They are, res- they are responsible for giving us money dollars so we can <laughs> say word talks into phone box. Into phone box. For, re- for recording purposes. <laughs> uh, Patreon.com slash continue podcast. Uh, we love all of our patrons. Thank you very much. But um, I'm going to give a special shout out to the ones who uh, subscribe at the $10 level or above, uh, which I'm going to do right now. We got, <coughs> excuse me, Josh, Jamie, Souza, John Belf, Toast, Doom Cow, uh, Adam Contlet, Contlet, Gauntlet. Good Lord. Adam Michael Coffey. <laughs> the Fancy Manatee, Stormshot, Double Taco, Matthew Peters, Denton Brock, Gluttony One of Seven, Eric Van Quill, Frank Sands, Tyler Nilsson, Shane Nilsson, Yaddle, Pete, Brian Brady, Jacob Christos, Chris Cook, Skip Dippity, Ryan Mance, Canonical, Tom Coveney, and Nick Rugan. Thank you very Thank much. Thank you all for being so cool to us. I, I, Your taste is questionable. <laughs> weird, weird taste. Weird choices, all of you. Uh, 
but yeah, uh, continue podcast, uh, Patreon dollars. Oh, also oh, happy yes. birthday, Nick Krugan. Hey, just hey, turned forty. Birthday, there you go. Uh, that's what all the cool kids are doing this month. Um, Apparently, having birthdays, having birthdays, having birthdays, turning forty, turning turn forty. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, that's fucking awesome. Uh, happy birthday, Nick, and uh, and to to everybody listening, you're. Your bucks fuel the purchases that we make to discuss on this show, but more valuable than the bucks is the listeners. So please, 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 please share share the show with folks. Um, as we've said in the past, find find some women to contribute uh, to the discard. Uh, to the discard. The di- the continue podcast discard. Somebody uh, lasses. Yeah, because um, we we want the, those voices and perspectives to tell us what they want to hear on this show. You can follow us on the internet. Uh, Twitch.tv slash continue podcast is where we stream occasionally, mostly Dave. Uh, I'll be back in there when my job doesn't take all of my brain power away from me. There it is. So, but we'll, we'll I'm getting back in there. Um, and you can follow us individually. Susan, where can people find you? You can find me on the Twitters at Susan Arndt or over at space.com where I will. Oh boy, did I piss off a lot of people with oh, my. Is it up? Oh, it's up. Oh, yeah. yeah fucking. All right. I got to read that. <laughs> yeah. I spent a full day being told by the male Star Trek Next Generation fans oh, out there. Boy. Well, I can't believe you didn't include Bishop of a Man. End off. Guys, come on. I Oh, I did not know that Leah Thompson is directing episodes of uh, Picard this season. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, she directed she directed um the uh time like the time travel episode. I guess there's a time travel episode. I don't know. Sure. But, uh, <laughs> like if you want to get me to watch anything, just say Leah Thompson's involved. That's I like her. Um great <laughs> I look some people never got over seeing the Beatles some people never got over seeing her and Howard the Duck I am I was gonna say Howard the Duck is a very special Leah Thompson moment it's a very special Leah Thompson moment uh Dave Roberts where can people find you dude I don't fucking know <laughs> Twitter at David Robots the discord as well she- she I likes that duck, Dave. She just likes the duck. I don't right? care. <laughs> <laughs> don't you want to... What? Come on. You can imagine how that movie got funded. Well, I wanted to translate my <laughs> success with See, it's the Star Wars trilogy. Poetry. It's uh, it, uh, rhyme. Joseph Campbell says... <laughs> duck sack... Arr. The hero's journey... <laughs> That's the hero's, the hero's journey. <laughs> the power of myth. If you guys want uh, more power of myth, you can follow us all on the internet. Continue podcast, Continue the power of myth. Power of myth. All right, everybody. We'll see you in two weeks. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Bye.